From the Praetorium to Golgotha, they pushed and whipped him up the road. The cross that he carried would be his very own. They laid it down with him on top, and nails they pounded, they would not stop. The cross was, cross was dropped into a hole with Jesus hanging by the nails to hold. The pain was excruciating, but Jesus was bold. They mocked him, they jeered him, they cast his lots for his clothes. He was in agony, but they still continued on. Between two thieves hanging on that cross, one cried for mercy and one was a loss. They pierced his side and blood and water flowed. He paid the price for all, all that were to be born. And to a tomb his body laid, wrapped in cloth for the price he paid. But Sunday was coming, would soon be here, and Jesus had no other plans, had other plans not to be there. The stone was rolled back and Jesus escaped. He stole the keys of death and hell so that we might live. Alive. 
was filled with a strange and sweet perfume. The light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. And I fell down on my knees and clung to him and cried. He raised me to my feet and as I looked into his eyes, love was shining everywhere like sunlight from the skies. Guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet relief. Every fear I had exciting. <laughs> Jesus is alive. Oh, and I love him so, I'm telling you. He is alive and what he wants to do and what he is doing, man, he's going to bring more life to you than you could ever imagine today. Yeah. Just open up your heart right now. Just open up your heart to receive from him today. You know, just put down the worry, the doubts, the fears, and, and just open your heart to hear from heaven today. Allow him to speak to you. Hear what he's saying to you today. In Jesus' name. The title of my message today is very simple, Resurrection Sunday, because that's what it is, amen? This is the day we're here to celebrate. Not, you know, it's kind of like when we took communion on Good Friday. You know, it's not, not just a remembering that what he did, but it's partaking in what he did. It's partaking in that, that resurrection, in that he died for us to forgive us of our sins, to heal us of our diseases, amen, so that we can partake of him. And today we're not only remembering what he's done, but we're here to partake, right, Jake? We're here to partake. We're here to be healed, to be, to be sanctified, to be made holy in his presence today, amen. It's not just, oh, it's, you know, some of you might think, well, it's just Easter Sunday. That's when I go to church. No, man, you're not here by chance. You're here because Jesus is called you here today to be touched, to be healed, to be delivered, to be made free in his name. Amen. You say, man, them people are crazy. They got people down here dancing. They got all the old folk down here having a party. You know, they got people swinging flags and shouting because hey, we're excited. Jesus is alive. 
You see? <laughs> All right, Resurrection Day. So why don't you stand with me? Let's read Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 14. I'm reading out of the New Living. Verse 9. After Jesus rose from the dead early Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. And afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed him. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he'd been raised from the dead. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that all of our eyes today would be open to see you. That, Lord, that we not miss out today on knowing you. We not miss out today on what you have planned for each of our lives, God. But our hearts be open wide to receive what you've declared in your word. Lord, to take it to heart, to truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we cast down all fear and doubt today that it have no part in us. Lord, but that we'd be open to receive what you have for us. We thank you for this time to be together. Let us hear your words today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 11, they wrote, But the the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. They didn't believe. They didn't believe anybody saw him raised from the dead, and here we are today having not seen him, and hopefully believing. If you're just wishing that he was raised from the dead, you're going to have spiritual issues in your life. Because the things of God are not a wish. My hope is in him. My hope is a confident expectation of God's promise, provision, and character. I'm so confident that in what he said and what he's done, that my hope is in him. I believe it with all my heart. I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to be wishy-washy about this. I am set on Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? You know, I look up the word doubt because they all doubted. They all doubted what happened. I mean, even though he told them they doubted, and doubting means a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. And I see in America today, there is a feeling of uncertainty and there is a lack of conviction. People are doing whatever they want, whatever feels good to them. But I'm telling you, there is an end coming that you will not be happy with if you continue in your way of doing things your way. Because Jesus is coming. He said, get this. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come again to get you so that you can be where I am. He's right now preparing a place for us, for the believers, the people that believe in Jesus. He's getting that place ready right now. He says, I'm building you a mansion there, amen? That's a promise to us. He's preparing a place, but you have to believe, amen, Jake? You got to believe in him. Matthew 17, verse 22 and 23, because 
He told him. He told him, Junior. He told him what was going to happen. He told him this is what's going to happen. He said, as they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and he'll be raised up on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. He told them what was going to happen, and they didn't believe. They didn't believe it. Now, Delanda always tells me what's going to happen if I do something. When I was young and dumb, I'd throw my socks at her. And she'd say, you throw your socks at me one more time, I'm cutting them in half. I'd say, yeah, right. She wouldn't cut it up. I mean, she'd have to buy me new. I threw my socks at her, she got scissors out, and she cut them up. She's like, I told you what was going to happen. But I didn't think it would be true. And I believe that's how a lot of people feel about the coming of Jesus. He's told us what's going to happen. He's told us I'm coming again. He's told us I prepared a place for you. But yet we still play in this, with the world. But here they, he told them, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. In Matthew 20, verse 17 and 19, he said, And as Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside on the way. And he said to them, see, we're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be delivered over the chief priests, the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles and to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. What day? Today's Jesus Day. Sunday, amen. He would be raised. He let them know in advance this is what's going to happen. You know, but I, I know I've received prophetic words that I, I either I forgot or... You know, you just kind of wonder, is this going to happen? You know, I'm, you know, I'm not a perfect guy. So, but I remember one time I received a prophetic word, and, and then when it, when it happened, I was, I was so distraught. I was destroyed. I just sat and I cried. And it was when Toby was born, my grandson, and Kenneth Copeland told us, don't worry, everything's going to be okay, because we had a meeting with Copeland in another country. And he said, everything's going to be okay. But when, when Toby was born and Carly calls me, she said, Dad, I didn't even get to hold him. They took him from, from my womb and they, they rushed him to another hospital. I didn't get to hold him or anything. And she's crying and, and I'm in another country at that moment. And I'm tore up, man. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I hung up the phone and I just started praying. I said, God, you got to do something. And God said, I already told you. I'm like, you did. You told me everything's going to be okay. He sent a man from this country to go to that country to tell me that when Toby was born, everything would be okay. I got picked up the phone. I called Carly. I said, Carly, he's going to be okay. Remember, the prophet told us he's going to be okay. And she was like, oh, yeah. And they started celebrating. They got strawberries and, and Martinelli's, you know, and they're watching movies and they're celebrating. And, and, as, and the doctor comes in and he says, hey, maybe you don't know what's really happening here. Let me explain it to you. And Greg says, maybe you don't know what's really happening here. Let me explain it to you. Jesus is alive. And, and Toby's going to be okay. And Toby thrives today. He plays football, you know. He's doing great. He's a great kid. But sometimes we don't remember everything. But if you walk away from here, remember this one thing. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. And he's coming back for you. So that you can be where he is also. 
That's the plan, amen? That's the plan. In this, thing, in this life, things ha- seem to happen that seem like it's impossible to overcome. But as Liz said, but God. <laughs> she, she left off a part. When the doctor looked in her throat, he said, it looks like you have a healing going on. The doctor, not a believer, said, it looks like you have a healing going on because there was something there and it's not there anymore, but there's a mark of where it used to be. So, but it looks like you have healing going on. Amen. It's going on. And we heard it today. It's going on and on and on and on. In, in this life, things seem impossible like, that will never overcome them. You get diagnosed with things and they say, you know, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life. And you're like, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> that's what a doc- doctor just tells you what they're supposed to. You know, the facts, whether they've been trained, you know, but they have to leave out the God factor. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, it's impossible to please God without faith. You have to have faith. You have to have faith. You have to, it says anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him sincerely. You have to believe God exists. You know, in order to come to God, we we must believe that he is, amen? You know, this is where our faith kicks in. This is where belief is structured. I have a friend, she's probably watching online. If you're watching online, Johanna, hi. Johanna Parrish, good friend. You know, she was here, but she's, She's been out since September 1st, but she's coming back. Met with her a few weeks ago, but she told, she told me a story the last time I met with her. She said, I have this box of watches, but they're all in pieces. She goes, and I went and talked to the youth, and, and I shook this box up, and I said, here, take out a watch. And they looked in the box, and they said, yeah, but it's all in pieces. And she said, that's right, it's all in pieces. You need a creative designer to put it all back together again, amen? That's why I believe in Jesus, because I don't believe in Big Bang. I believe in Jesus, amen? Because he created all things, and all things were created by him, amen? And that's what I'm stuck on. I don't believe in evolution. I don't believe in a Big Bang theory. I don't believe you can shake up that box of watches and get a whole one out. I believe in Jesus, the one who created the heavens and the earth, amen? Intelligent design is what we have that put all this together, that created you and you and you and you and you and you. All of you created you. God is our designer. And I believe in him, amen. It's not just a casual belief. It's not just, oh yeah, I believe in God. I mean, even the demons believe in God. They, they believe. It, I, I have a sold out belief. Belief, this is what it means. I'll put it on the screen for you so you can see the verb form of faith it means to trust in have faith in be fully convinced of acknowledge rely on it is more than credence in church doctrines or articles of faith it expresses reliance upon and a personal trust that produces obedience it includes submission and a positive confession to the lordship of jesus Amen? That's what believing in, it's not just like, oh yeah, we have the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. I believe them. No, it's, it's not believing in a doctor. It's believing in Jesus. It's not believing in something somebody wrote. It's believing in the word of God. It's wholly taking in the word of God into your life and say, I believe this. I believe this. 
Well, do you understand everything? No, but I believe it. You say, how can you do that? Because I believe. I believe in Jesus. I, mean, I believe in his word. I am sold out for his word. I believe that he's coming again. He's looking for a bride that doesn't have any spots or wrinkles. He's looking for people that have been delivered and set free. Amen. He's looking for that group. He's looking for people that have faith. He's looking for people that say, I believe. Everybody say, I believe. I Not everybody said it. Okay. I can tell. But it, it's, a, it's a verb. It's an action. We, I've been teaching hermeneutics. A verb means there's an action to it. Our faith has to have an action. Our belief has to have an action in the sense that I am being obedient to Jesus Christ. Amen. When I read it in his word, I obey. When I, when I um, read it in his word, yeah. Ed shook me up, man. I'm like, was my mic off or something? <laughs> but, when I, but when I read it, I get it. I take it in. I just want to walk with it. I want to be obedient to what God is telling me. Amen. And it is something, the belief has to be active. It's like we have an on and off switch. It needs to always be on. We need to always be believing. You know, when you're sitting in front of that doctor and he's telling you what you absolutely do not want to hear, you don't turn the switch off. You turn it up. You turn it up. When the doctor says you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life, don't rebuke the doctor. It's not his problem. You know, <laughs> I never tell you, I, I'll never tell you, don't go to the doctor. I'll never tell you, don't rebuke the doctor. I'll tell you, get into the word of God, find out what God says about what you got and deal with it that way. Amen. Because I know the doctor's going to tell you the facts of what they are, but Jesus is the truth. Amen. Jesus is the truth. And this word of God is the truth that we can take hold of and stand upon. Amen. We can hold on to that. He told them many times he was coming. He hung out with three and a half years. He hung out with these guys. But you know how it is when you don't, when you hear something you don't want to hear, you kind of blow it off. You know, Delonda tells me things I forget all the time. You guys laugh at me, but what about you? You hear things and you don't like it and you just, I forgot. You know, Peter, he was so bold that he rebuked the Lord. The Lord told him all this, and Peter rebuked him. And, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because the reason that he, he had come was for this very thing. To pay the price so that we could live. Amen? That we could have eternal life. That eternal life doesn't start when you die. Eternal life starts when you come to Jesus. I mean, you start living and thriving when you come to Jesus. And that's because God has a plan for every single one of us. Remember John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. And that word world is you. For God so loved you. Amen. God sent Jesus out of love for each one of us. And his intent is for us to believe in him. And be forgiven of all of our sins. And Jesus came to pay it all for all of our sins. All of our mistakes that we would ever make. So when we believe, we're forgiven and he came to heal us. Amen. 
He came to heal us of all disease. And I know, I look around this room, and I know some of you have been struggling for your healing. You've been contending for your healing. But I also look around and see people that God brought back. I look over there at Greg, who was who was deathly ill with COVID, and God brought him back, you know. And I know um, right here, Elena was very sick too. So many people were sick with the COVID, but I look around, and I see you here today. I see you here today. That God, I mean, I look over there, and I see Jerry, who was in the hospital, and Andy was freaked out, Jerry. I'm telling you, he, he was. But then, there you are. Liz, you couldn't sing for a month and a half, and we could see the worry on your face. Now, she didn't talk to us. She just sat there. Every staff meeting, she just sat there and listened. And last week, she goes, I have a lot to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I know this. Don't play around with what you believe. Go all in with Jesus. I've known people. I've been in church life a long time. Even when I wasn't serving God, I still came to church. You know, mom had to see me. Delana's mom had to see me. I used to sit right in the back, Danny, right there. So I could lean, down, lean out and the pastor would see me too. Because I never liked the phone calls. We don't call you anymore. We probably should start that again. But when you miss a Sunday, you know, or two, they call you. I remember Pastor Dave called me one time. He goes, what church do you go to now, Ron? <laughs> that was embarrassing. I said, I still go to yours? I haven't seen you in a while. I go, yeah, it's probably been about six weeks. He goes, don't you think it's time? Yes, sir, I'm, I'll be there Sunday. I told Delonda, we're never missing again. <laughs> I never want that phone call again. Because he talked to me for about 40 minutes. I mean, I know when I call people, they're like, what, what do you want? <laughs> you know, they get a little freaked out. The pastor's call, I just want to say, hey, hey. It's okay. But it was that phone call that, that phone call in my mom. That same Sunday, my mom was the beer incident I told you about last week. When my mom, I was drinking a beer at my mom's house, and my mom looked at me and said, remember when you were going to be a pastor? That was, that was more than I could bear. The next Sunday, I couldn't get to the altar fast enough. Not because of what they said, but because that, that conviction, that doubt, doubt lifted, conviction filled my heart. I had to get down here. I had to run down here. I had to give it all to Jesus. And I surrendered my life to him. And I know that there's a lot of people like me, like I was, that come to church once in a while. It's, it's, it's an expectation. You know, whether your parents or your grandparents or Maybe even your kids are dragging you here because they love Miss Andy out there in children's church. But even when I wasn't serving God, I would ask him not to come. Don't come today, I'm not ready. Instead of getting ready, I just ask him not to come. 
until that day, I was sitting about where you were, Neil. And I, Holy Spirit fell on me. Now, I'm not a crying man. I feel like I'm going to burst in tears all day today, though. But I sat right there, and the Holy Spirit fell on me, and I just started crying. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I started sobbing. I mean, like, uncontrollably sobbing. And I'm like, oh. And the pastor said, there's somebody here today. He said, this is your last chance. I'm like, he knows. Because the, the Lord told me, he said, today's your last chance. You need to get to that altar. Man, I couldn't wait till he said, come. And I came and I cried, I cried and I cried. And it's just like in my tears came out all the junk I'd been doing. It just, he poured out everything. And I just surrendered my life to Jesus. If I can get the worship team to come back up probably say we sing a lot. Yes, we do. We love to praise God. But it's at that point that you decide. That you decide, I'm going to serve God no matter what happens in my life. It's like jumping into a a refreshing pool and you can't swim. You just jump in to God and you can't swim. You're in that pool, you can't swim. But God is there lifting you up so that you don't drown, amen? You just start trusting in him and believing him for everything. Your heart gets changed. You're transformed. You're transformed to do the things that Jesus did. He doesn't change your personality. He created you. Amen. He created you with that personality. He's not going to change it. What's going to happen to you is... He may change how you respond to situations. He may change how you respond to people. He may change your heart and make it more tender instead of hard. And, and, you know, that you have that love for all mankind, that you have that love for everybody. He may change and remove the hate from you. You know, the prejudice dies off. And you begin to see the need for God in every life, in everyone. You just start letting go of things of old, that you used to do and you start doing things according to the Bible. And at times, you feel like your heart's just going to explode for Jesus. You feel, oh man, you feel your heart just ready to burst for him. I think that Jesus was thinking that this would happen to all of mankind. Look at the price he paid. We watched that video, man, I had a hard time. It was almost, I I didn't want to come up and talk at that time. I mean, when I see them pounding the nails in his hand, I just can't take it. We watched a lot of Jesus movies this week. And when I saw those nails, I just turned, when Don and I just turned and we'd stare at each other because we just, I can't take what he did for me. He did it for you. He did it for us. He did it for the people out in the streets today. But I bet Jesus was thinking, oh man, once they see and hear what I've done for them, they're going to just run to me. They're just going to come. They're not going to hold back anything from me. They're going to run to Jesus. They'll release the things of the world, embrace what I've done for them. I I know he's thinking, they're just going to embrace me. I've done such a miraculous thing. They're going to embrace me. The love is going to be overwhelming to them. They're going to know the love of God. They're going to experience love like they never could have imagined. Oh, they're going to run to me. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great day, a glorious day. Oh, when the people just come to Jesus. 
I know one thing. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loved you enough to put the, let him put that crown of thorns on his head, to let him, let them whip him, to let them put those nails in his hands and his feet and put him on the cross. He let them do it. He didn't have to, but he let them do it. So that we can be forgiven of all of our sins. So that we can be healed of all of our diseases. Amen. He loves you. He loves you. Do you believe it today? He loves you. Have you received the amazing grace which we sung about today? This is where we receive the love of God for free. And he forgives us of all of our sins. We're washed clean from the stains of the world. Is that you today? Have you been washed clean from the stains of this world today? I may not be perfect, but that's why he came. You may not be perfect. That's why he came. God sent the perfect one for our imperfections so that we could be made perfect in the love of God. So that when God looks down on you and me, he sees the blood of Jesus covering us. He doesn't see us. He sees the blood of Jesus which washes us and cleanses and purifies our life. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus today. I need to make that commitment. I need to go all in with him today. If that's you, just raise your hand and wave at me right now. Wave. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Come on. I know there's more that need Jesus in this house today. More than one person that needs Jesus. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Come on. You need Jesus. Just raise your hand and wave at me. Why don't we all stand to our feet today? invite those of you that raised their hand to come to the front right now. And I'm going to ask that everybody else would just cheer them on as they come today. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Jesus. Come on. sing a song and then we're going to pray this opportunity you think about whether you need to be here or not right this altar moving in our midst I worship you I worship you
So, Father, I pray that you just strengthen everyone. Father God, and that your peace would be with each one of us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Why don't you be seated for a minute? First of all, before we get to the announcements, congratulations to those who accepted Jesus in their hearts and rededicated their, their lives. Amen. This is what it's all about. Amen. Come on, give them another, another applause. That's a big step. So congratulations. Amen. 